Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast more painful than being stabbed through the chest with four baseball bats. <laughs> my name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Spoiler alert, geez. <laughs> and this week, we are going to be touching on the light amount of news that has happened over the last week, and most of all, talking about Battlefield Baseball the 2003 Japanese horror comedy baseball film. Koshin Stadium! idea for the opening bit tweet us at talk about birds oh ben what a show we've got planned for you today <laughs> big show nate big show big show big show real big show it's the dead week um, show yeah the 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 really the beginning of the dead weeks shows probably yeah. but uh we're starting off with a bang but um before we really get into the uh the core of our content this week i gotta know you know how you feeling about your christmas smooth yeah. easy relaxing for you if i understand correctly yeah i luckily um was a part of an event that happened uh which was the great cancellation of flights over the biggest travel holiday in north america uh so i spent we were trying to do the math on this on the drive home i think i spent a combined 32 hours somewhere around 30 32 hours of traveling to spend um, two and a half days in St. Louis. No, no, it was three days if you had the two halfies. Um, sure. so technically the vacation was longer than the travel. There you um, go. you always want yeah. that. That's like a minimum thing that you yes. want to accomplish on a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a quick and dirty trip for like a wedding or a funeral or a fantasy baseball draft, but for Christmas, <laughs> All equal importance, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> uh, for yeah, it was a little bit. Uh, it was a little bit of a mess. Um, I, I'm sure somebody who's listening to this was affected, but I think it was like, there. I mean, they're still canceling flights, and it's yeah. like the storm's gone. Um, it actually it started snowing here again, but uh, I mean, what a nightmare. Um, yeah, like. I'm we're Mary and I were having conversations about, okay, how do we use the rest of our remaining Southwest points? We're going to transfer over to something else. We've been dipping our toes in Delta. They have the sky lounge. Wow. Um, or the diamond club or whatever it's called. Maybe that's medallion status or whatever. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so yeah, no, other than that, it was great. Uh, I made it in time to see, uh, your face, your lovely wife's face, uh, the kiddos, my family, you know, all that. So that, that was good. And, my stocking is so full of goodies right now. I, <laughs> what a blessed life I live. Wow. Yeah, it was great to have you, of course. And I know that was a um, a stressful situation, but uh, at least you're back. I'm sure there are people still just like yeah. camped out in, uh, in at Lambert. There's, yeah, uh, I, it's, it's all yeah. over the news here about the <sighs> south, like the Southwest Terminal apparently is still like trashed at, yeah. at Lambert. Hey, and I, this is like, I'm rooting for team chaos at this point, like burn it down. Like I, I like my experience was bad, but I know obviously so everyone I, else's should be no, too. 
I'm what I mean is that they they should revolt, and we'll see. Like I'm curious to see. We got 250 bucks uh, credit for the first failed flight. We'll see what happens to the second failed flight. Um, but if it's anything less than fifty thousand dollars, I say <laughs> off with their heads. Yeah, dude, we should eat the rich and eat their planes. <laughs> um, yeah, Mister and Mrs. Southwest, I'm gonna be knocking mm-hmm. on your door. This is a threat. There was that guy who ate a plane. You ever hear? You hear about this? Yeah. You ever hear about this? <laughs> yeah, I have. I think it's bullshit. Though. I don't believe it. You don't believe I it? Think, I think it's I true. Think he's a, I think he's a charlatan. What a weird ruse. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Why would you do that? It's almost like he didn't. <laughs> I think I'm going to pause at this right now. I think okay. a guy lost a plane <laughs> and then was like, okay, how do I spend this? Never take an L. Never and take an now, L. Now he's on the, lo- on the local rag and the local rag gets picked up by national. And here we are talking about it. Here we are. Um, you know what? I, I think he'd lost it. This is the kind of conspiracy theory I can get behind. Where's the plane, Dan? I don't know his is, is name, it, but is this where the pod <laughs> takes that hard turn? Yeah, well, we've been okay. we've been looking to you know dip into conspiracy. It's so hot right now, yeah. so uh, yeah. <laughs> we're doing true crime. Yep. We're doing conspiracy. We got everything on this show. Yeah, baseball yeah. aliens. Well, we're doing. We've got a little baseball I mean, zombies, Nate. Baseball yeah, zombies. We got, we got cyborg baseball people. <laughs> we've got uh, robot baseball people, which there is a difference, and I appreciated the movie's, uh, you know, attention to detail there. And uh, we got zombie baseball people. So we're we're right there. I never thought, and we'll get to this later, but I never thought while make or uh, recording for this podcast, I would write down a note on my phone that says "Gorilla is a RoboCop?" question <laughs> mark. Um, and if you didn't watch the movie, we'll get into that later. But Gorilla is a RoboCop? Yeah, um, that happened. Although I don't think he was a cop. But anyway, um... well, in my childish <laughs> eye, <laughs> RoboCop. Um, not all robots are cops. Uh, all all cops are robots, but not all robots are cops. <laughs> Everyone knows this. <laughs> sure. Uh, so we are. We're. That's really going to probably be the the big chunk of this episode is us talking about battlefield baseball. Um, but we do have a little bit to talk about around the Cardinals before we jump into that. Yeah, and I, I just want to say again, if for some reason you're like, "Oh, I gotta watch this uh, this movie before they talk about it," it is the YouTube the the entire movie is dubbed in English and on YouTube in a fairly decent quality for being what it is, um, and it is on our Twitter feed, so you can go look at our Twitter and watch the movie there. It's like eighty something minutes. You can watch it. It might be shorter than this episode is. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Very likely. Episode. But, but go check it out there if anyway. you want to watch it before we get there. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a, in a minute. Which I would say, highly recommend that you do. So yes. let's get into uh, let's get into what little cardinal and cardinal related news that we have to talk about. We're gonna touch. We're gonna do that. We're gonna talk about yeah. what we can. That's cardinals. We're gonna do a little break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna we're gonna talk about battlefield baseball and then what's going on around the rest of the league. So, Ben, what do you want to talk about first? Yeah, well, I think uh, it should. So there hasn't been a Cardinals transaction, any type of transaction since Wilson Contreras. Uh, So, again, we're talking about dead week, dead month. Uh, That's all fine. There are a couple of things percolating right now. And like 
I don't know about you, but I feel like this is the craziest like 10-day period of transactional happenings in MLB uh, around or, or, or around the holidays. I feel like it's, it's it was, busier than you would think yeah. uh, or the, than you expect. So anyways, there have been uh, multiple reports that Chris Sale is on the market, which makes sense in the sense that the Red Sox um, plan forward is completely opaque to me. I do not right. understand what this team is doing. I think Heim Bloom is doing a bad job. I think John Henry's asleep at the wheel. I do not get it. Um, irrelevant, though, Chris Sale on the market. This is a guy who has, in his career, he has the highest K per nine qualified for his innings pitched. It's like 11-1 or 11-5 or something like that. Something very impressive. And I mean, this is arguably like we we talked about the Cardinals should shop at the top of the um, at the top of the pitching market, right? And right. I don't think that Chris Sale and Carlos Rodon are the same pitcher by any means, but there are a lot of similarities. Um, now, Chris Sale's health issues are more recent um, and poten- potentially more problematic. But prior to that, he was like the picture of health and effectiveness. So all this to say, the Cardinals are being connected very lightly. And, and I want to hear what your thoughts are on if that is something that would make sense. I can't imagine because of his health track record that he's going to be too, um, like he's going to be too prospect heavy to acquire. And I think he's owed 27 mil for the next two years. And there's some type of option and he's got all these performance escalators, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, 27.5, two years of Chris Sale. What do you think? Is this something, is this a road the Cardinals should be uh, walking down? Um, yeah, I've thought a lot about this. And I, I think, first of all, from my understanding of the rumor is that they've never said Chris Sale specifically is available. Rather that they see starting pitching as depth. And so then everybody has then jumped to say, oh, well then that means they're willing to listen on Chris Sale, which I'm not trying to be pedantic here. I do think there's a key difference between an organization saying like, we would like to move this guy and then, and them saying we're open to hearing offers on our starting pitching. Right. So it makes me think that his asking price is going to be higher because they're not specifically looking to move him for like a salary dump or like something like that. But is that true? Because they seem to be Fair. very stingy with their pocketbooks recently. And like, yeah. I'm looking at their rotation right now, and they have Pavetta uh, coming back. Waka, Hill, Eovaldi are all on their way out. This trade would have uh, this trade would have Chris Sale on their way out. And then you're relying on Cutter Crawford and Josh Win- Winkowski and mm, Garrett Whitlock, I guess. I don't know. Tanner yeah, Houck. I, do. I mean, what? That line or that rotation is nothing to me, but well, I didn't say that they actually have uh, yeah. starting pitching depth, but apparently that's what they have stated. Um, and <laughs> to your cannot to your point, their own players, yeah, yeah Hein Bloom seems bad, so <laughs> they don't actually have rotation depth, but from their perspective, they do. So, but that that's all kind of aside. I, I guess I'm just like kind of laying a foundation to say like, I really would be surprised if, if he gets traded, let alone to the Cardinals. Yeah. But let's all that aside, should the Cardinals try to acquire Chris sale? Um, my answer is yes. I, I think he is, 
as you said, I mean, up until 21 and 22, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, you know, Hall of Fame track, all the stuff you want, incredible K per nine. Um, and then he has had two god awful years as far as yeah. health goes 42 innings pitched in 2021, five innings pitched in 2022. Yeah. And of course, you have to consider how much do the Cardinals like their locker rooms and their clubhouses because he has at least one on his record book of uh, having trashed. <laughs> so. I don't know yeah, if you remember that story from last he, year. Yeah, he he was in a minor league stadium on a rehab start and ripped a uh, like a medicine cabinet off the wall or something he, like that. He trashed the whole thing. He broke he a bunch of TVs. Thing. Like, there's that really uncomfortable video of him just going full uh, Matsui gorilla mode on it and like <laughs> tearing everything down. And yeah. uh, well, and his uh, famous famous clipping up the uh, the alternative uh, White Sox jersey with scissors. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That was many years ago, and they couldn't start the game. Uh, yeah, he chopped up his jersey. <laughs> so maybe a bit of a hothead, but maybe. Um, but but you know, I I think like well, what I've been saying this whole time, and what you've been saying as well, is that like the only players that really make sense for the Cardinals to acquire are extreme upside plays because we don't need to add floor. The whole team is floor, you know. So um, why not take a swing at a guy coming off of multiple injuries. I think one of them, then he, he broke his hand punching something like, so it could come back or he, he could recover without a problem. Yeah. But I, I um, kind of remember that, but I, I could be wrong. I feel like he had two injuries last year. One of them was a normal injury and one of them was more self yeah. uh, afflicted, but I, I could be wrong on that. But either way, like, you know, he's getting older. What will he be? 34. So he's yeah. four years older than Rodon and would be making the same as Rodon. Um, but I, the Cardinals obviously have the money. They could double their payroll and still be fine. Um, so I think it makes sense. Ultimately, I would come down to what the cost is. Like in a vacuum, would I like Chris Sale on the Cardinals? Yes, I think yeah. the risk is the risk reward is worth it. Um, assuming the risk isn't a, a massive package, which I do agree. I have to imagine it'd be pretty low. Um, it would probably come down to how much money you're going to take from the Red Sox. Yeah. If you're going to just flat take the whole contract, um, I imagine the prospect cost would be pretty low. But I assume that the Cardinals would would want the Red Sox to at least keep some of that contract. So you're probably looking at a couple uh, good pieces going to the sure. Red Sox. Um, but the Cardinals have a lot of depth, you know, a lot of uh, minor league depth right now that a team like the Red Sox who need everything could benefit from. It just depends on what are they looking for major league talent? Cause I don't know, I could throw in, you know, like a Yapez or something like that. Um, yeah. We've got, a, we got a lot of guys like that right now, but if we're, if they're looking for some of the pieces that were involved in trade talks, like for Sean Murphy and these other guys, if they think they're getting like a Gorman or a, you know, a Carlson, I, I, don't think that that happens. No, and I don't think if if they get a uh, top 100 prospect for Chris Sale, I think I'd be pretty shocked. Um, unless Boston eats 100 percent of the salary, that would be the only yeah. way I see anything like that happening. Well, I don't know his current health either. Like, is he considered yeah. starting spring as a normal starter? Because that also would play a part into it, you know. Yeah. But 
either even even if he's considered fully healthy, you really can't expect. Like I'd be hoping for a hundred innings of good Chris Sale in twenty twenty three. You know, yeah. and whether that comes in a whole bunch of five inning starts or like a half a season of regular starts, I you know I don't know, um, but. I I'd have a hard time banking on a full season after the last two he just had. Not only just from risk of injury, but just from the standard way pitchers, you know, stretch out their arm and they need that sort of bulk to uh, to the, the build up and you know yeah. the year after year and whatnot. So I don't know. I mean, so ultimately, like I said, I'm for it. What What do you feel? Yeah, I think I'm I'm here for it. I think that it's like, you know, they've been worried about Chris Sale breaking down since he came up when he was a closer for the White Sox because he's, you know, got the Jack Skellington body and he throws 97 and his herky-jerky motion and all that. And I don't really buy into that. I think pitchers make p- players make it work for them. Like Max Scherzer is a great example of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'd be down for it. I think the Cardinals would be it would be a very smart and shrewd and mosaic and move to trick kind of not necessarily fleece, but give a little um, take on the full salary. We've talked about how much money is coming off the books after next year. You would only have to really have a, a larger salary for one year. Um, and then you can have Chris sale next year, assuming health. Um, so yeah, I, I think it makes all the sense. And this is like, like we've said 18 times now, this is exactly the type of move. Like it's a, you know, we, we give the Cardinals, trouble for kind of wait like wishing for the best outcome but if you get a chris sale i am pretty happy like the best outcome for chris sale the 90th percentile is like a cy young candidate um exactly yeah and the middle version of that is like you're saying a guy that throws most of half of us in in, in, any or a season hopefully more than half an inning most of half (laughs) of a season and is is probably pretty productive when he's out there because like he's also like Chris Sale is that guy, I think, even at diminished health, when he's coming out from that crazy angle, that slider is still good. The fastball is a little bit less. Like, he's just going to be effective um, until he can't do it. Uh, like, almost like Randy Johnson. He's, he is like Randy Johnson-esque in that way, where it's coming out, you know, six feet to the side of the mound and everything. So, yeah, I like it. I think it'd be a ton of fun. Um, I think that he is kind of annoying as a human being, um, yeah. but I like uh, everything else that he brings up. So, yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's a significant change to the team if he is the Chris yeah. that he was for seven years before yeah. the last two. So we'll see. Hundo P. Uh, moving along, um, Carlos Correa, as we are recording on Tuesday night or on Wednesday night, geez, forgetting where I'm at. Um, he is still unsigned. He is with the Mets. Um, I think if I had to bet like, this isn't how bets work, but if I had a bet, I, I feel like it's like a 30% chance he's a Met, like a 20% chance he's a Giant, and then everything else I would go to the rest of the league because I have no idea what is happening. And the fact that two teams have basically balked on his medicals is really, really strange. Um, I, I don't know what to say. I, I guess, like, obviously, we don't know what the medical issue is, and we may never know. But all, like, to to kind of filter that through our Cardinals brains. There's a non-zero chance he takes another small deal while this is figured out. I don't know. I think he will sign with the team. Carlos Correa is not done. I don't know if it's going to be with the Mets. I don't know if he's going to negotiate. I don't know what that's going to look like. Do you have any thoughts or feelings? Like, should the Cardinals be swooping in? I don't think this is a Cardinals type move. 
Um, but is this a time where the Cardinals should show up with $40 million or is this a time to just rock with the, the shortstop that you have? So my take on it, because this has definitely been the biggest story in baseball over the last yeah. week, you know, since we've been recording or s- since our last record. And I think that what's probably happening is because the last he's been incredible. He's been generally healthy and very good the last two years. So these teams aren't really concerned about 2023, probably 2024, 2025. There's something that is grinding to halt the this like mega contract, right? Yeah. And if now two teams have basically made that same declaration, it's done. He's not going and getting another 10, yeah, 11, 12, 13-year deal from anyone. The Giants and the Mets have you know uncovered something the yeah. red run one reported something with his leg there's yeah. clearly some concern about his longevity they don't want to do these massive contracts but i i think your percentage is way low on the mets because steve cohen like now he he he's he's one of those egotistical you know maniacs <laughs> he yeah. he he kind of screwed himself already by announcing the deal before it was before it was uh official which right. might cost him money unless he can just figure it out and and get a deal done with Korea. I'm expecting it's going to be a significantly reduced deal as far as time, but probably not as much on the AAV. He's going to get like 6 like 180 or something yeah. like that, you know, and then so he gets mega paid and these teams get him through his prime and then whatever that medical issue is maybe it's resolved maybe there you know something is resolved and he gets another deal or like maybe he his leg pops off like a yeah that's definitely what's gonna be yeah 90s crash test dummy 100 yeah yeah so that's my guess i think it's still the mets i think steve cohen's all in and he's shown the willingness to pay whatever has to be paid I would love it if the Cardinals could come in and drop, you know, 280 <laughs> and we just have yeah. Correa, you know, at shortstop for the next two years. And we say, thank you yeah. for your service. Um, these rings are wonderful. Um, you shouldn't have cheated in 2017, but we've all forgotten <laughs> about it because now we won World Series. Um, yeah. And uh, we move on. But no, I, I think it's it's the Mets. And yeah. I would be very, very surprised if it's anything otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I don't think I have anything to add to that. Um, let's move on. Um, I want to talk about, there's a, a couple of players who are either uh, been made available or uh, are still available that I wanted uh, us to kind of run through. Um, two of the players, I, I'm calling this bargain hunting um, because they were just DFA'd from their current teams. Tommy LaStella just got DFA'd from the Giants and Mike Moustakis just got released from the Reds. Um, they haven't had amazing performance recently. They are both left-handed hitters that hit the ball quite hard when healthy and everything's going. Um, and presumably they could be had for almost nothing. Uh, do you have any, do, do you like either of these guys? Do you think we should bring either of them into the fold? Um, I think while you're thinking about that, I think, uh, I don't know I, if I was to place like a $3 million bet on Tommy Listella. I think that I would be happy with that. He is a guy that can like hit right-handed pitching and hit it hard. 
when he's healthy, which has been a while. And uh, he can't really do much other than else. He can't really play in the field. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, pass, pass. Pass, pass. I'm good. All right. I'm good on both of them. Uh, Mike Moustakas, uh, let's see, last year's Moose 76. Moose. Moose Tacos, I got it. Uh, 76 WRC Plus, year before, 69. Nice. Uh, Tommy Listella, nice. Um, he had a 78 WRC Plus last year, 93 the year before. A couple good years before that, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He, was, he was a valuable player for a short time. I just don't know what you're getting with guys yeah. like that. Like what you're, you're really hoping for the perfect bounce back year, you know, and just let's give it to the kids. You know, sure. do we need, do we need a 35 year old moose taco on this team? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I don't think so. No, I think you're probably right. Um, was, was I, Tommy Lestella the one who said, uh, if I don't get to play for the Cubs, I, I'm going to quit baseball. And then he retire. got, and then he got traded or whatever. And he is still playing baseball. He got traded to the A's had a great year and signed a nice yeah. contract with the giants. And wow, that wasn't true. Um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, he's, he was emotional. It's okay to be emotional. And, you know, I get it. And it's you know, the fans. Love all people it, so. are like you and just, you know, walk through this, you know, life as a, as a RoboCop himself and, uh, you know, just analyze the situation. I like more this. Give me money. I'm at least more of a cyborg. Come on, give me give me a little bit of a credit, little credit here. Um, is, is that better? Well, cyborg. <laughs> so a cyborg. No, no, no. Part, I, I understand. Part I, human <laughs> and part robot. Okay. Yeah. And a robot is just robot. Yes. Metal all the way down. Right. I understand. But I don't Gizmos understand how what, one is inherently better than the other. Do cyborgs have souls? <laughs> what a great question. Um, maybe we could watch Blade Runner for our next film. Mm, I was going to say, we need Philip K. Dick around here. Yeah. Um, okay. The, the one other person I wanted to throw out, and, and I'm going to say he's a bargain just because he's still available. And he's kind of yeah. got a weird profile. Um, but Jerkson Profar, I was thinking about him over this past week since we recorded last. And he kind of fits what the Cardinals are trying to do. I mean, he can play in the infield. He can play in the outfield. He's a switch hitter, but, you know, a lefty bat. Uh, he walks a bunch. He hits the ball hard. Um, I don't know. He's I think he's 28 or 29. What are your thoughts on the Cardinals going after Profar? Well, first of all, Profar always makes me sad because yeah. it makes me think of if you remember that time when him and Oscar Tavares were number one and yeah. number two prospects in baseball. And there was a lot of talk about the Cardinals and the uh, Rangers should just trade them for each other because it fit the team the team needs a lot right. better like cardinals needed a profar and the rangers needed a Tavares. um obviously something like that never happens and we all know what happened after that yeah. but just profar I, if for whatever reason it's like the weird trauma brain thing but when i see yeah. profar every time i think of oscar Tavares, which makes me sad every time so anyway um i i'm actually more supportive of this one he had a pretty good year last year and he he can kind of play all over the place, um, as you you already talked about his uh, batting profile. Um, you know this this is sort of a lift the floor move. You're probably yeah. not getting like a a crazy sudden breakout year from Profar. I think he kind of is what he is. Like last year was one of his better years anyway. I mean maybe he's on the upswing, but that's generally not how these things work. 
But uh, I mean, he's good. He was yeah. good last year. There will be injuries. Like I think we've talked about a lot of guys on over the this off season on like you know would they fit with the Cardinals? And I've generally said no the vast majority of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but Profar makes a little bit more sense to me because of that versatility. He's got some pop. He's got some speed. He can hit both sides. Like if you're going to get a guy like this, this sort of like, we're not necessarily going to have a starting position for him, but we expect him to play a lot. Um, I, I like a pro far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's value of having two. what would be in this situation, two super utility players on the roster, flexibility, health and, you know, issues, all that. And, and again, he can hit the ball a little bit left-hand side. I, I like all that. Um, all right. That's all I wanted to talk about. That's all the real baseball news we have. I think we're in agreement agreement here. Let's go get Chris sale and jerks and pro far and <laughs> at least augment the roster slightly more before the season starts. Yeah. Uh, Chris sale. Uh, all absolutely. And yeah. if pro far doesn't, you know, it probably won't happen. both of these probably won't happen. No, but, I would be know. surprised. Yeah. So we're doing things in a, a little bit different order on this episode because of the type of content that we're doing this week. Uh, so now a little early, earlier than normal, we're going to um, talk a little bit about how you can support this show. Um, if you love the show, uh, we are we are coming up on our completing our first full year of doing this. I know that feels wow. crazy. Uh, <laughs> we're getting close to episode 50. And uh, if you enjoy the show, want to continue to see it grow um, and just support people directly, uh, consider joining our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash talking about birds. Patrons of any level get access to our private discord. Uh, that is what we call the bird scored. It's a tweet, great tweet. place Tweet tweet. It's a great place to chat with other Cardinal fans around the world. And, um, you know, we're, we're in there a lot, breaking news, people just talking about random things. It, it's a lot of fun, kind of far less noise than probably the other ways that you're going online to talk about the Cardinals. And um, it's a great it's a great place. So we have a bunch of different tiers and whatnot. But really, anybody, any level, come in, join the Birds Court, be a part of the conversation. We'd love to have you. Um, you can also consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform that really helps us show up when people search for, um, you know, Cardinal podcasts and things like that. So, um, if you're not following us online, we try to be pretty active on there as well. Uh, Ben, where can people find us online? Yeah, you can, uh, follow us on the socials at talk about birds on Twitter. Um, on Instagram, you can follow us at talking about birds uh and as always you can email us questions thoughts concerns uh, musings whatever it might be to talk about birds at gmail.com um normally i make fun of nate at this point but i will say had a couple of nate h pizzas over this last weekend and uh wow they were pretty good chef's kiss is that what i'm mm. supposed to say what do you want me to say nate wrote this um, part for me <laughs> just <laughs> And stick stick to the script. You're going. <laughs> no, it off. Was, You're going off. It was very good. Email Nate. Maybe he'll make you a pizza. Maybe you can be so lucky. Um, outside of that, uh, you can listen to us on Spotify. If for some reason you prefer listening there, uh, we're there. Uh, we'll meet you where you are. That's the talking about birds guarantee. <laughs> uh, and yeah, outside of that, like 
if you have a friend that likes the Cardinals, show them our podcast. Just grab their phone and download it. And, um, you know, Twitter and all that is one thing. But I, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, word of mouth is uh, probably more important than all that. If you like us for some reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully this episode is a good gateway episode because uh, we've got something entirely new to bring to the table here. <laughs> um, something that we've never really done before, at least in a like official capacity. I think movies in general is something that Ben and I have, you know, had in common and bonded over through the course of our lives. Um, and we talk about them all the time, but we've never done it into microphones before so um, <laughs> hopefully this is something that you enjoy uh we certainly enjoyed watching this film once again shout out yes. to famous mortimer from the bird scored for yes. bringing this film to our attention uh there are apparently this may be one of the top of this sort of thing that's happening but there are other films like this out there that i am really excited to watch so if you enjoy this let us know because um we got a long off season to get yeah. ahead of and but I, I was already thinking like i think every year we gotta watch battlefield baseball and just talk about it every year because i feel like this movie has layers that we're only gonna just get into honestly well should we just get into it because I, I i agree i do think that this movie or can we just get into it nate are we are we good yeah. let's kick it off let's get into um, it I will say this movie was, I enjoyed it far more than I thought it. When I watched the trailer, I was like, okay, ha ha ha. This is going to be funny. Yeah. Um, I am a fan of the quote unquote good, bad movies like, you know, goblins to the room. Yeah. Um, uh, birdemic, um, Same. you know, some of those like classic horrible, like it's so bad. It's good type movies. And I was like, okay, that's what we're getting ourselves into here. This is a, a low budget, um, horror comedy, um, that might not make much sense. And uh, I guess I would say probably, I actually think, so the reviews about this were this movie had no plot. I argue that I think there's a very straight through plot. It makes a lot of like, it, it is a to B to C. And what I wanted was getting at is that I think this movie was better than I expected it to be was funnier than I expected it to be. And like, in more engaging, I guess. I don't know. Like yeah. when I started watching this movie, I watched this movie last night on the couch. And, and when I first had, it, I was like, Oh, it's kind of checking Twitter, kind of checking MLB trade rumors, kind of blah, blah, blah. And then there were some performances on the screen that were like, made me lose my mind. And then there was a point where I was just locked into the movie. I, <laughs> I was just excited to be here. Um, and you know, checking the time and being like, how are they going to wrap this up in the allotted time? Don't yeah. worry. They did. They did. Um, but I was very, very pleasantly surprised. I think this is going to like just creep into my life now. I think I love it. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think love I love it too. Baseball. Yeah, I love it too. I'm so glad that we watched this movie. And I and yeah, as a as similarly as a fan of bad movies, that's what I was expecting as well. And I think the difference between those and this is that this movie knows that it's bad if that makes sense like they yes or, or rather they're going for something that they know people are going to call bad and they lean into it whereas yes. like a birdemic or the room um or you know things in that ilk of bad movie of good bad movies wasn't those were generally earnest attempts at making good movies and they just turned out to be horrible this one <laughs> is playing on a ton of tropes 
um, and knows that it is stupid. And I think that's where the the reviews of it that say there's no plot. Yeah, that's incorrect. I agree with you. There is a plot. It's a very clear plot, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, but is it? Uh, does it make sense? Is it consistent? Is there like uh, <laughs> logic behind the plot? No, not at all. And I, that's where people <laughs> that's where people confuse no yeah. plot with like bad plot and bad right. not 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 my word, but like there's a difference between no plot and like con- an inconsistent plot and stuff like that. Because yeah, this is a very it's a very it's it's actually playing on sports movie tropes like yeah the the like kid who is bad at the sport but connects with the person who's really good at the sport and they like come together to win a championship yeah. is like what this is playing on but it's insane all the way through so yeah why don't and, we yeah go on well i was gonna say to start the movie this is how i knew we we're i was at least in the right place but to start the movie there's kind of a uh, a text uh, across in, and again, this movie's Japanese. If we haven't made that clear, so it's dubbed. We watched the dubbed English version. Um, well, hold on. And it's, I watched the subtitle version. Uh, oh, I didn't, oh, sir, no, I watched subtitled too. But okay, I don't know why I said dubbed. No, it, it yeah. was English subtitled. Sorry. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say I didn't. I, I would generally prefer subtitles over a dub, but you kept saying English dub, and so I was thinking it was there was a, another version that I didn't find. No, no, I'm just stupid. I think that I would actually say if there is a dub version, don't watch that because the original performances and the way in which lines are <laughs> delivered must be preserved. Yeah. Um, because they are that good. Uh, so anyways, it, it says, you know, Jap- Japanese, um, it says this movie is dedicated to all those who love baseball. That's kind of like the cold open before you yep. see anything at all. And I immediately I was like, all right, we're here. This is going to be great. Um, and then, we're, I mean, the movie starts. So we both independently took notes and we're going to be referring yeah. to those. And then my first note highlighted top is this movie is dedicated to all who love baseball yeah. <laughs> um, because that stood out to me too so uh before we jump in a little bit about it this movie came out in 2003 um battlefield baseball it is as ben has said it is a japanese film it is based off of a manga of the same name battlefield baseball which so, we need to get our hands on i i know it makes me want to find the manga so this actually has a source material this isn't it's just insane. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to try to go through the plot. We're going to try yeah. to touch the major points of the plot and talk about like what we liked and where it, you know, where where it maybe struggled a little bit. Um and we'll see how this goes, you know. Um Yeah. But um I'm going to kick it off and then Ben and I are going to try to go back and forth a little bit as we go yeah. through this movie. So uh, as Ben said, the movie opens up with uh, the that uh, text on the screen, and then you get a horrible slow scan <laughs> across a, a baseball field just riddled with dead bodies, like oh. skulls on pikes and stuff, which is wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> like immediately, I was like, oh, this movie is way more violent than I thought it was going to be because they were just body parts. Yeah, like head, like heads, like, you know, clearly wax heads, but, you know, human heads <laughs> and like grotesque uh, yes. faces, like on little spikes stuck into home plate and whatnot. You know, it was great. Now, you said this movie is more violent than you thought. 
yes and no because also almost every all violence happens off screen on this movie which i think well, is a uh is an element of the budget because yeah the budget almost was never small. you almost never actually see anything uh which is <laughs> also i think part of the part of the fun and funniness of this movie and makes it yeah. probably more watchable for a lot of people um, because you just see the end results of a lot of the battle and it's horrible, you know, bodies and blood everywhere, but you see like, like none of the actual happening. Yeah. Of it. But, um, so, but anyway, so speak, the, speak to contradict you immediately. So I, that is largely true, but in this opening scene, like you're saying, it's kind of panning across the, the, the field and then it cuts to, another scene that seems to be completely incongruent of where we were earlier. And it is what appears to be a normal baseball game and the batter hits it. The guy is, I think it's the center fielder or something. He's running back and he leaps superhuman levels into the sky to catch the the baseball. And as he closes his glove on the baseball in the outfield to make the catch, it explodes, <laughs> killing him, throwing yeah. his body parts everywhere. Yeah. And then I think is that what wakes up our our the the principal, I guess, yes. the principal of the high school. Um so that explosion in his dream, which we learn is his dream, yeah. wakes up the principal of is it Saidu? Saidu? Saido? Saidu. Saido's uh, high school. Yeah. And we meet the principal and head coach and head coach. Yeah. Of the, of the baseball team for, um, for Saito high or whatever it may be. Yeah. And, um, he, he basically, he wakes up, you know, in a sweat, but then, um, he goes and looks out the window and I love this scene. Cause he's like, he's basically saying that, uh, we're, we are going to finally win, the championship. I'm going to take this team pro and I'm going to do it because I've got this guy. And he's like looking through yeah. binoculars through the window. And that's yes. where we meet Matsui Gori, uh, who everyone calls gorilla, which is great. And he's this yes. big hulking dude. And I love it. Cause the, uh, the principal is like, we're going to win because we have this guy. He hits a home run every hit. And then he's, then he's moves over and he's like, also we have this guy. Yeah. who has a 600 batting average. Also, yes. we have this guy who throws the ball 90 miles per hour. And also we have this guy who steals bases 99% of the time. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a pretty damn good baseball team. And then he also, goes, uh, he makes a oh, pledge. Sorry. He makes a pledge to the, uh, to like a poster on the wall and he bows to it. Um, there's a ton yes. of Japanese tropes in this where he bows to the, to like the trophy on the wall and says, I will win a championship. I will take this team to the next level. I just thought that was so funny too. the pointing out this guy hits 600, which is obviously like an unbelievably high average. This guy steals bases 99% of the time. This guy throws 90 miles per hour, which is like <laughs> well, it's high school. Adam Wainwright. I, I but know, but well, it's high school. Yeah, that was what, that's still. the way I tried to, I actually thought it was interesting that they did that. Because, yeah, I would have expected them to say, like, he throws 102 or whatever. But it's yeah. also 2003. So right. a, a, like, 17-year-old throwing 90 in 2003 would be insane. <laughs> it um, is. But, and I'd also yeah. want to, like, they, they cut to Matsui Gorilla, uh, who is, he's kind of giving this guy trouble. They are, they are doing uh, fungos on the field. And Matsui looks like he's 
40 years 40, old. 40, yeah. He's balding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is a man. Um, and he is, uh, you know, I guess he's been on the team for more than one year at least. So he yeah. is playing uh, yeah, at least 17 or 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also, his voice, like he just looks like a man. Yeah. It's yeah, ridiculous. Uh, uh, the yeah. guy, there's a ton of funny little sound effects in this movie. The guy, when he's going back to, uh, to catch the ball, you're just, be, you're just hearing like, <laughs> which reminded me a lot of myself. So it's good to be represented <laughs> in a movie. Um, so that scene the with holy work on this movie yeah. was top tier. Yeah. There's fart noises. Oh, all, all like, over the place. Yeah. People fall over and fart all the time, which, right. I mean, come on. Uh, so Matsui Gori, uh, gorilla. He's yeah. He's out there doing batting practice. And that's when we meet, um, one of the protagonists of the film, uh, four eyes who, is, and that's all we ever know him by is he's got glasses. He's yeah. skinny, seems really incompetent. Um, it's a term of endearment, I think sort of. Yeah. Well, it becomes that, I mean, at the beginning, yeah. it really feels like he, he's being bullied by gorilla. Yeah. So on the one side, you've got gorilla, you know, this hulking doof who you know seems to be mean and on the other side you've got this like skinny guy who can't really do sports which actually reminded me a lot of you and i so i thought you know we <laughs> it's good to it's good to have ourselves rep, you know um, I, honestly gorilla and four eyes might be the new name of the podcast that's probably a better name <laughs> that, that might be gorilla and four eyes yeah. uh so so they're playing and uh gorilla hits a ball over the fence and he makes uh, four eyes go and kid it. And he has to go to where the dropouts hang out, which is funny because it's just the other side of the fence from the baseball field. It's just the other side of the fence. But there are like dead body parts there's body, again. Yeah. There's more. Just bodies like, that, there's like a head on a stake. Behind there's another the school. A lot of heads on stakes. Right. <laughs> just right on the other side of the fence. So he goes yeah. back there and there's an awesome like 80s looking punk who he gets in a fight with um and it, it we get a little bit of like martial arts tropey stuff you know where the guy you know it's like he gets punched and goes flying back like 15 feet um, well, I, th- what you're uh what happens to that home run ball hit this vampire <laughs> punk whatever in the teeth and he goes you broke my teeth you owe me five thousand dollars no, five million, and then starts, yeah, like kicking him around and all that. Yeah, um, and, and, and this guy's hairdo, best it's hairdo wonderful. in the movie, easy. Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. So, meanwhile, while he's getting his ass kicked, while Four Eyes is getting his ass kicked, um, we go back to the principal, and the principal, who's all super hyped on winning the championship, learns that <laughs> the first matchup that they have to play. <laughs> is against uh gato or a uh, ghetto um g-e-d-o guido yeah guido high another high school yeah. and him and his like first uh, head teacher head i think teacher. it is yeah head, head teacher, teacher yeah um just burst into tears because guido <laughs> high is notorious um they play <laughs> they play a different type yeah. of baseball and uh no one survives guido right. high uh, will kill everybody on the other team, and it's legal 
because it's in the game, which <laughs> that is all they explain it. They don't they all they, they they establish that you can kill somebody on the baseball field. And not only are the umpires fine with it, but the law everybody's is fine, fine with, with it. it. It's yeah. it is how the game is played. But yeah. then they also kind of allude to the fact that the principal has played Guido high in the past and he somehow knows this is how they play. They, there's there's some allusions to that. They don't totally line. I up have to imagine it's just notorious. If this right. team is killing every team they play, like <laughs> that makes the news. Yeah. You there, yeah, you know about yeah. it, especially if you are also a baseball team who could get yeah. matched up against them. And so they're <laughs> like, oh shit, I guess we're going to sit out this year because we don't want to play Guido High and all of us get killed. Right. And so they're pissed. And then they hear about a fight happening. So they're like, which was really funny. They were really worried about the fight because uh, there's a baseball player involved in it, which is Four Eyes. And they're worried that if news gets out that a baseball player was involved in the fight, they'd get suspended from baseball for the year. <laughs> yes. But I'm like, you that's what you wanted. You you don't yes. want to play Guido High. This is your out. Let them get suspended, right. and then you don't have to play Guido High. But anyway, I... I, I my, I will explode if I try to call, you know, if we try to call yeah. out the stuff that doesn't make any sense in this movie, but that's it. Also, was like, this is your out. Also, upon hearing this, he says, I'll, I know how to help. And he grabs a samurai sword off of his wall to break up a student, a student fight, fight <laughs> which yeah, made it's me awesome. so happy. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. So they go, they, we go back to the fight with four eyes and there is, I, he's like hanging upside down also like a in bat, the, like a bat in the he's dropout, hanging like a bat. Yeah. Dropout area. And that's where we meet yeah. Jubei. Jubei falls from the ceiling, lands like a badass and rescues four eyes. Um, and four eyes. I mean, he's so let's talk about Jubei for a second. Long, cool, coolest, yes. like, you know, yes. long, flowing, slack hair. Yeah. He wears a long black jacket with a white t-shirt under it, black pants, you know, just like a badass. And this guy was in yeah. other Japanese films too. He's like the star of the film and I think was known for things. So this is like the get of the film for these yeah. creators. And uh, he breaks up the fight and um, he uh, decimates the gang. The, yeah. the the dropout gang or the bad boy gang or whatever it is. Well, him and uh Boncho, the Boncho. bad boy the bad boy yeah. gang, the dropout gang, he he crushes him and then him and Boncho, the head of the dropout gang, get in a baseball fight, which is <laughs> yeah, that is exactly the note that I wrote down. Yeah. They get into a baseball fight. Boncho has a bat and <laughs> Jubei runs at him. Yes. And uh, Bancho swings and Jubei does some feat of acrobatics to make it miss. And everyone in the crowd was like, strike one. <laughs> and then he turns around and he does another, you know, like they do the whole thing where Bancho's yeah. like winding up, you know, he's like tapping the plate. He's putting his hand. He's like in a batting stance. Jubei goes and, and jumps over him and does like three front flips or whatever. Strike He's just two. running at him though. Yeah. yeah. And then finally on strike three, after uh Boncho misses, he pummels him and kills him. 
and everybody loses their mind because now everyone is there watching uh, and everyone's cheering for Jubei and four eyes is like, oh, my God, you've got to come and join our baseball team. We if, if you can beat this guy you. up, you must be a great baseball player. You must be a great baseball player. You yes. just won a baseball fight. Yes, you've got to be a great baseball player. And that's when we get a little bit of Jubei's well, backstory. <laughs> I, I also want to point out really quick before we get in, when he punches Boncho, all of Boncho's clothes fly off and oh, he yeah. goes flying into the distance, basically naked. Yeah. Yeah. He kicks his ass. It's like a single punch too, just strips all yes. his clothes off. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's awesome. And then, then this is the moment when this whole movie clicked into place for me. Could not agree more with you, yeah. Because I certainly didn't know it was a musical. Did you know it was a musical? (laughs) 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 And Jubei starts singing from an actor who I have to believe is not very comfortable singing because the whole thing is sung in a tone that is really quiet and the whole thing is really quiet when we learn about jubei i you know (laughs) he he used to play baseball yes doesn't anymore he's given it up is it then that we learned he killed his dad or so is it later yeah the way the musical number goes is he's like singing about playing baseball and he was so into baseball and he would play catch and then he threw too hard um, so nobody would play catch with him anymore. And he started to fall out of love with baseball. And then his dad had this, <laughs> this mega catching mitt made that was like, could withstand his fastball. And yeah. then Jubei and him are playing catch and he's loving baseball again. Oh my gosh. And then we see that Jubei throws the hardest pitch he's ever thrown. His dad can't catch it. The ball goes through his dad's chest, <laughs> killing him instantly. And that is why Jubei has never, he loves baseball, but he's never played it again. And he never wants to play it again because it's what killed his father. That's fair. I mean, if I killed my dad with a baseball, I probably wouldn't want to play baseball anymore. There's a line in the song that really made me laugh before we kind of understood what it meant that like the way he threw, they says, uh, by time he entered junior high, no one could catch his pitches, which generally is not what you're looking for from a pitcher. <laughs> you kind of want people to be able to catch your pitches, yeah. but I guess it's because he threw so hard that um, so hard, no one could catch his pitches. And right. uh, so there's uh, there's the song Four Eyes, you know, ex- explains my mom also doesn't want me to play baseball, but I do it anyway for the love of the game. And together, you and I, we can let's 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 put away our pasts and our families and let's play baseball together. And there's a great like they they shake hands and uh, a, a thing that happens multiple times in this movie that really made me laugh every time <laughs> is after a really emotional moment, people come out of nowhere, surround them and just start clapping <laughs> Which, like like 40 people just yeah, like circle way more. them and they just start like clapping very They're quickly clapping. and yeah. very very like nicely clapping for this emotional yes. moment. So bingo, bango, Jubei's on the team. There's a chance. So they decide to play Gato high 
They've got Jubei Baseball on the team because at one point he says his name is Jubei Baseball, which is really funny. But um, or maybe it's just bad subtitles. I don't know. But um, yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, no yeah. way. His last name is Baseball. But, baseball. I know, but it's yeah. it's in there. So all we have is the source material bin. We yeah. have to go by. And uh, so they've got Jubei. You know, spirits are high, and they go to the well, to the. Yeah, I, I think the I think the principle is his existential crisis about his entire team dying. He's now like, no, we must stop them because they're killing every team. Guido High, they have plans of taking on the majors and then the world. So yeah. the principal's concern is that Guido High is going to kill his team and then they're going to kill another team and then they're going to kill enough teams that they get to the majors. And then once they get to the majors, they're going to kill everyone they're going to kill everyone and the existence of all life on earth is at stake here which is you know a noble cause to (laughs) rally together and he was originally going to give up and just bow out but now they've got jubei so they think they can uh they think they can stop him it it really does change into this like they you know they do want to get to um what's the stadium uh Uh, machine stadium tournament yeah, they want to get to that tournament, um, but moreover, they want to save the world by um, beating um, Gato High, yeah, which is you know a noble cause and and great for a movie like this. So they then so now we're now it's up now it's it's game time. Baseball's baby. happening. Yeah, we're Baseball's the stage happening. is set. Yeah, the stage is set, and uh, we get our first look at Gato High's team. Um, four eyes has been separated from the group. Uh, Jubei hasn't shown up yet. So four eyes goes to look for him and a dump truck and gets run over by the gets, yeah. gets hit by a car, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, and it's a, it's like a dump truck and they all pull up the, the back of the dump truck rolls opens up and a real, like the warriors, or Mad Max, you know, like this wild gang of people all get out of the car in very interesting and different ways. Like definitely a choreographed moment where like, yes, you know, two guys on each side jump over the railings. One guy, my favorite guy, just rolls like like sideways, like a kid rolling down a hill, but he just rolls across the entire bed of the truck and then jumps up and jumps out of the car. <laughs> you know, all this happens at the same same moment. And they are, um, well, they're zombies. They Their faces they are, are zombies. Their faces are like a gray green. Some it, of them have like parts falling off of them. The, it like, reminded me of The Mask, though, from uh, yes. that, that Jim Carrey movie, The Mask that but like a grayer green you know is like yes and they they're look all like claymation characters but yeah, they not. do and they're all wearing like torn up jackets a lot of khaki yeah um, the one not guy baseball uniforms not baseball uniforms at all one guy has his head entirely wrapped uh in it- like mummy style cloth <laughs> you know and the only way he can talk is by jamming a cable into his throat, like into his skin. It seems like he's stabbing yeah. himself. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Grotesque. And and they like start to threaten to kill um, four eyes. Yeah. And then the head coach of uh, of the team comes out. 
he grabs the the dude who was like the one who has to talk through the microphone um and was threatening four eyes the most he grabs him and says like no we don't do this here because if you if you do this then like it's against the law we do it on yeah. the we do it on the field and then he bites the ear off of the guy of his own player of his own player yeah yeah and um and you know there's some more back but, and forth and, and but it's just the legal precedent is to do it in 20 minutes when the game starts that's do it I'm on not worry about what you're doing yeah just no, do it on yeah, the field the problem isn't that you're about to kill this uh tiny man it's that yeah. you were going to do it off of the baseball field and uh but uh, Jube's not showing up we find out with no further explanation um which again is where people <laughs> who are watching this movie with a uh with an eye for you know actual substance um had a problem with it but i certainly sure. didn't um, no. is that Jube has been locked up in prison um we don't know he's why he's from the wrong side of the tracks nate yeah this we'll never all know the time. why no it's never explained he's locked up in prison so he can't go free to Jube game. free Jube yeah and uh the the team's freaking out but they're there so they have to play and um the game starts and we get like the whole thing is just seen through the lens of some cheerleaders, uh, these three cheerleaders, this old man with a adorable white dog, which I think they was have, like a Shiba Inu or something like that. One fan. There's yeah. one fan at this game and he's a drunk guy that's sitting on like a house or something like that or like maybe a he's shed. On the stands. Yeah. yeah. And then three cheerleaders come out of nowhere. And yeah, one other thing I want to point out before the game start, they're all kind of lined up. There's clearly only five people on each side, which they don't address. Um, but the umpire says, okay, you guys know the rules. There are no rules. And then they have this big dramatic thing. And the umpire very quietly goes, play ball. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah, super understated. And this whole movie is like amplified to 11. And the umpire just like whispers play ball. Well, the umpire is a very funny character because he like clearly doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to get killed either. So yeah. that's that's part of how they justify it is that like they basically threaten the umpire to let it all happen or else they're going to kill him. And right. since the game is sanctioned by an umpire, then it's cool. It's in the rules of baseball. That's the game. Yeah. Yep. And uh, which I guess is kind of true. but um. I just I, I love I love the idea of like you go to a game and like the other team is just plays the game by a completely different set of rules <laughs> yeah. um, and you just have to play that. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like the AL and the NL, you know, back when there was DH and no DH. It's like, yeah, well, when you play Guido, um, you know, it's a fight to the death. But when you play yeah. Saito, you play nine innings, you know, with three <laughs> outs on each side and, you know. <laughs> yeah no it's a one-to-one -one comparison i'm surprised so, mlb rob manfred's not already adopting this right um so without jube um saito gets destroyed um body parts murdered. everywhere yeah murdered. murdered my my favorite little detail uh is that um you see the scoreboard and up on the scoreboard oh, yes uh like pinned to the scoreboard are humans in baseball jerseys and like it's in order, like inning number one has someone one, with two, the number three, one yeah. on their Jersey pinned to the wall. Number two, you know, three, four, five, all the way up, which is really funny. Oh. 
um, that's where we got the scene from the trailer with uh, um, Gorilla um, in uh, with bats through Dude. his body. Well, I, I got to correct you on this. That's Boncho. Oh, and it is what, Boncho. And what we totally missed, this is really, really good, is that Boncho died and then came back to life in another form with a oh, different right. body and a different face, but the same blonde hair and says, yeah. your punch healed my shoulder. That's why I hated baseball. I am now back. I will play with Saito. Um, so we meet Boncho. It's a completely different actor, but it's right. the same person. And then when we're, when Jube walks up, he Jube gets out of jail um, somehow. Well, he, he bends walks, the bars. He bends the bars. <laughs> And escapes because he has to get to this game and he walks up and Boncho goes, hey, and he's got like eight to nine bats coming out of him. And Jubei is kind of looking at Boncho like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Boncho falls down dead. And then he looks to the dugout and Four Eyes is standing in the dugout with a bunch of like nails in his face. I couldn't tell what they were. It looked like nails or like chopsticks or something like, yeah. Yeah, like really horrible things sticking out of his face. But before he realizes that that is four eyes, I'm now I'm skipping over because this is where the movie just gets absolutely insane. It's all yeah. been pretty mellow up into into this point. It's made but, a lot but, of sense up to this point. But before he looks over and see four eyes in the dugout, he thinks that four eyes is impaled on a massive stake in the middle of the diamond. He runs up to go check on him. He realizes too late that this is a decoy. Four eyes yells at him with said pins in his face. Jubei starts to run away and the court or the dummy explodes, sending Jubei flying to the outfield. (laughs) Like across the ground, like, (laughs) like a, like a hard grounder. Yeah, flying across the ground up against the the back wall of the outfield. And (laughs) And he flies all the way to the outfield, and then he just, a hole opens up, and he goes to the afterlife. And then, like, and and a tombstone pops up that says Jubei with the year of his birth and death, and he goes to the afterlife. It's. It's insane, and it all happens in like forty-five seconds. <laughs> yeah, um, it does. And so Jubei dies, which is of uh, course dramatic. Yeah. Um, and in in the afterlife, he uh, he meets his dad, who's repairing a bike, which is nice. And basically, the dad is like, "It's too early for you to be here. You you are too young to die. You have something you need to do. Here, take this gigantic uh, glove." that I use to catch your pitches and go back and, and fight Guido high and, and save the world. And he then punches his way out of the grave and I, him and four eyes and the remaining survivors of the, cause some people survive. Not everybody's he, dead. Uh, the, he, uh, he basically comes out of the ground and says, this game isn't over yet. Yeah. And, and the team kind of brings themselves together. People who had injuries that I think would kill you and I are now back. I think Boncho has reformed again at this point. Do you have another face and body? That hasn't happened yet. So okay. they, 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 Boncho leave. dies like four times. Yeah. Boncho died and most of the team died, but a couple people still survived and they, and they basically leave. 
because they like they lost the game's over it's done even though there were a few survivors like they lost and so they go back this is where we get a wonderful scene where uh four eyes gets locked in a cage in his house by his mom because his mom had always said you cannot play baseball if you do you don't want to know what's going to happen and we find out what that is it's he's gonna be locked in a cage for the rest of his life for for my money uh four eyes mother is the best actor in this movie she brings it home is completely unhinged in her performance and is wearing like a pink muumu with rollers and kicks the shit out of everybody it's fantastic agree a hundred percent and so um She's railing on four eyes for playing baseball, telling him he's going to live the rest of his life in a cage. And Jubei comes in and Jubei's like, no, I need four eyes. We have to, we have to win. We have to save the world. He's a good baseball player. You're a shit mom. You should let him play baseball and I will fight you for it. And this is where we get the biggest fight scene in the entire movie. Like yes. this is the longest fight scene out of the whole thing is Jubei and this old woman have a full on <laughs> like choreographed. Yes. Um, you know, uh, kung fu movie, martial arts movie, tropey fight with like flying spin kicks, uh, being thrown through walls, all these different like it's it's the longest fight and it's a lot of fun. And Jubei gets the upper hand and he's about to shove a bat through her throat. I I suppose we he don't really threatens to kill her. Well, he's about to, I think. And yes. then four eyes apparently able to get out of the cage at any moment opens the door of the cage and runs out and stops him and then we get the biggest reveal of the movie which (laughs) i knew it i then i i I want i hope you believe me because i knew it we learn that jubei and four (laughs) eyes are brothers are brothers (laughs) which is hilarious because in all the flashbacks so the mom doesn't recognize Jubei as her own yeah. son, even though in all the flashbacks when Jubei killed uh, his dad, it's he's the like same 13. actor from the day he's, before. Yeah, yeah, he's like thirty. Yeah. He's he looks exactly like he does now. He's so this dressed mom, exactly the same. Yeah. yeah, but she tells this whole story about how she had two bro- she had two boys. One of them killed her husband, and um, they are and and he left. She, right. she's never seen him again and oh it's turned out it's jubei and they have a very big emotional scene and they start all start crying and then a bunch of people come in and applaud <laughs> the emotional my, scene <laughs> my favorite part about this scene is that then they like uh four eyes goes and runs and grabs a picture from their childhood and it is clearly the two actors that are currently playing four eyes and jubei looking like adults in their thirties and then two much younger people playing their parents. Like this photo is from so long ago, but it posits like four eyes has had this picture in his house, his entire life has gone to high school with Jubei and does not know who he is at the same time, even though he has the picture of Jubei, but, and, and that's the stuff in this movie that makes me like, does make me think like they knew what they were doing right like that's a it's a joke you know it's it's not like oh this is so stupid this is so bad this is so funny they're playing on the trope of you know the two main characters turning out to be brothers or like 
uh, the main character ending up being the father of another main character, like yeah. all these tropes that are particularly prevalent in like Japanese, um, uh, like writing and, and manga and, and, uh, you know, film and whatnot. It, that's what it's playing on. But if you're not viewing it through that lens, it's stupid as hell. I mean, <laughs> it is stupid. It, it is, it is inherently stupid, but it's purposeful stupidity, which I think yeah. is, you know, different right so they all cry and say okay you can play baseball go go chase your dream go back to these murderers yeah go um, fight guido like they're just sending these children in to die by other children yeah it's not even go go play baseball like they're not (laughs) not, there's there's never any baseball in this there is zero zero value on life in this movie it is just that's how the game goes yeah, they well, should, you know, shouldn't have died. Yeah, the rules, the rules were stated, you yeah. know, and so they're like, okay, let's get our remaining survivors. But Jubei's with us now, and w- like we always thought, if we had Jubei, we're good. We don't really, yeah. Guido doesn't matter as long as we have Jubei, we're good. So they, they get um, Jubei, the principal, Pancho's um, back now. Well, that so. Hold that that comes up in a moment because it's hilarious. So they get their like little group of of four or five the the remaining yeah. survivors plus the head Jubei, teacher, the head yeah. teacher, and they go and they go to Jubei's stadium or to um Guido Stadium, which is you know all like twisted and, and uh, weird, you know, like where zombies would play baseball, <laughs> and um they they go and they're like, all right, we're we're here to do this. Let's fight. And, um, that you've got the, the three cheerleaders are there. The old man and the dog is there. And, uh, there, the Guido team is like, well, wait, you only have five. You can't play against us. You need a full team. And they're like, oh, oh no, what do we do? And then that's when yes. Boncho now, again, a completely different actor <laughs> just with <laughs> blonde, blonde with hair. That is blonde it. hair is back and they're a uh um well actually first uh matsui gori comes back as a robot and he has just like little metal plates all over him and he does (laughs) this like every time he moves uh they fully they fully gizmo sounds which is hilarious um so he's a robot and then um uh then Boncho comes back as a cyborg, and then no, 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 bon- no. I, I, Boncho's normal headmasters. Bon- okay. Yeah, yeah. There's two okay. cyborgs. Who's Boncho the cyborg? Comes back as another character. The head teacher and gorilla um, are the cyborg and robot. <laughs> yeah, um, because yeah, the cyborg has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the teacher is a cyborg, and Gorilla is a is a is a is a, is a, is a robot. Yeah, and then yes. uh, and one they of say the cheer- thanks to <laughs> thanks to modern technology, I am yeah. back alive. Yeah, and uh, one of the cheerleaders joins the team, and then um, because she has a crush on Gorilla, I think is what yeah, they put forward. I think that's yeah. right. And then um, ladies love Gorilla. Uh, ladies. Ladies do love Gorilla. Um, and then also uh, their mother joins, which yeah. is, I mean, obvious. She's a, like a martial arts expert. She held her own against Jubei for quite a while. So <laughs> yeah. uh, so now they have a full team and they can play. And it, 
man, it the the last twenty. This is really gonna be hard to talk through. So you get a we we get a fight. One of my favorite moments from this scene, though, is that they um when they're like setting the stage for the the field, they light all the foul lines on fire. Yeah. So you just have like the lines of the baseball field are entirely on fire, which is a really cool little touch for something like this. And you get a bunch of like low budget, um, funny like, fight moments, you know, where like they're, one they're guy, swinging and missing by like a foot and a half type. Yeah. Thing. And then like in the background, someone's carrying someone and they're like <laughs> flailing and like it's all it's almost exclusively done for comedy. You yes. know, this like this, uh, uh, you know, huge fight that's been built up is done mostly for comedy. And, uh, oh man, what happens next? So, yeah, bu- so yeah. <laughs> everyone, the, the fight goes down pretty much. Everybody's on the ground, not dead, but they're all beaten and, and bloodied and, and they're struggling. And then it kind of pans out and we see Jubei, our hero and the Guido head coach, all his players on the ground. And he's basically like, this is bullshit. You're going down. You're going down by me. You haven't even seen our best baseball player. Right. And they get into this big, as you can imagine, over the top fight where there's uh, lots like Jubei has this like curved baseball bat that he pulls out of nowhere. And the Guido head coach has this baseball bat that is like, I don't know, eight feet long and made of steel. And every time they make contact with each other, it sounds like a gunshot going off. I actually just learned uh, while I was sort of doing research on this movie, I learned about a trope that's called hammer space, which is uh, the when people pull stuff out that they never should have been able to carry. So like him pulling out a gigantic bat like from behind him is <laughs> like the, it's in is, his back pocket yeah it, and i mean it's like the gta meme and like any video game basically yeah. where like you just carry a, a like an insane amount of shit with you all the time um but it happens in films too they call it hammer space which i i guess is you're just like pulling it from like from hammer space from the, yeah. the plane of hammers you know yeah. <laughs> uh and anyway i thought that was interesting so yeah they have the an epic fight we didn't mention that uh um jubei never really knew how or why he killed his dad he just knew that he threw a particular pitch really really effectively and it, it went yeah. right through his dad and when he when he went back to his dad he learned uh that it it was called jubei tornado pitch and the, yes. and the and the key is that he has to spin a bunch before he throws it. Yes. So he does the Jubei tornado pitch, ultimately knocking down uh, the the head coach. Um, but then the head coach. No, no, no. No, yeah, you're you're missing. A, you're, you're you're getting. So this part is really confusing. I know. So, there's so, so much here. First, what happens is that Jubei gets gets felled by Guido's head coach. And then Guido's head coach pulls out this baseball bat that is a metal baseball bat that has a poison in it. And it has poison and herbs all from all around the world. And it has a massive syringe on the end of it. And the all the poisons and all the herbs from around the world force you to live for a hundred years after you get shot by it, but you're in constant agony the entire hundred years. So it forces you to be alive, but you live in pain. Guido head coach (laughs) comes down to stab him and four eyes 
jumps in front of the needle and it cuts out and we see <laughs> that four eyes get stabbed in the butt <laughs> right in the right in the center while, of the butt while yeah. he's laying on top of jubei and jubei goes isn't that supposed to hurt and he looks down <laughs> and sees <laughs> that four what? eyes has blocked it for him and the Guido head coach is not happy about this at all well it, it's so funny too because the 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 like bat has a syringe in it and it has a part cut out of it so you can see the amount of liquid that's in it and, it, yeah. and as he's like pushing in the plunger of the syringe we're seeing the plunger go through on the inside of the bat and like pushing all the liquid in and that's like not a quick moment. It's like multiple seconds on screen of the Guido <laughs> head coach, like pushing down the plunger on this syringe. But we're supposed to like believe that both Jube and the Guido head coach had not realized that four eyes had jumped in the way <laughs> until it was all the way done. <sighs> um, also, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie before, um, before he before this happens, the Guido head coach yells, he's like, I've got a special weapon just for this. Yeah. He said and he, and he calls out, he says, he calls him the mechanic. He yells, Mechanic, bring me my weapon. <laughs> and and from like really far back in frame is a guy yes. with like a dolly with like a case on the dolly. With like squeaky wheels, yeah. With squeaky wheels over rough terrain. And we watch the entire time of this guy pushing this dolly across the field and it's not a short amount of time it's like you know it's it's clearly done for comedy but it's it's really funny it's one of it the, was funniest the funniest moments. part of yeah it was it yeah. was my biggest laugh for sure it's not my it's not the funniest part of the movie we have yeah. to me yet we haven't gotten to the funniest part of the movie okay. yet but it's probably number 2 because the yeah. it, it just the pace up to this point in the film had been uh, sporadic and insane, like Breakneck, all quick. Yeah. Yeah. And like people are blowing up and dying left and right. And then we get a full scene of this guy pushing this little <laughs> dolly and you can tell it's kind of a struggle too. Like he, yeah. he kind of, he kind of like loses control of it a couple times. And uh, it, it's really, really funny. Yeah. So anyway, so he stabs four eyes. Yes. Uh, Jubei's mad. Yeah. Jubei gets mad. He leaps up, um, attacks the coach, basically destroys him immediately. Um, and he's getting ready to throw the Jubei tornado pitch. And before he does, a bunch of the Guido players basically crawl up to Jubei and say, no, please don't do this. Please don't do this. And he says, why? He's an asshole. He's an asshole to you. He's an asshole to everybody. And they say how he, <laughs> he rescued the team from orphanages and became like a father to them. But they, they say it in a way that like, we know he abuses us. We know he's not mean to us, but at least he gives us a purpose and their purpose is to kill other people. And yeah. they're like, don't he kill said, him. He, he's, they said he used us and they meant it in a positive light. They were happy yes. to have, have a purpose. Uh, yeah. And he, he, it, it's in this moment that the movie like sort of briefly turns into like a weird little PSA where Jubei yeah. gives this huge speech about like 
caring for your team and like caring for your brothers and and like coming together and yeah. like baseball is a team sport no one person can can win it all and like it it's like even the Jube just won all of it for yeah Saito well, but yeah it's like for it's the only time in the movie that it felt like they ever were trying to say anything <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I think it is of course playing on the trope of you know yeah. the emotional you know climax and whatnot but it was, it it really came out yeah. of nowhere it, it really just have Jube speak for that long too yeah. Yeah, so so they uh, it works. What they say works. Jubei he he makes his big speech. He allows the coach to live. The frame cuts, and then it cuts back to the Guido head coach, and all of his prosthetic makeup is gone. His face is still green, but his face looks completely different. Um, uh, the crowd that has been gathering at all the emotional moments in the movie, they all begin to gather around. Um, and the head coach is saying, Jube, I, I understand. Uh, here's an antidote for the poison for, uh, four eyes. Let's, you know, let's let bygones be bygones. Let, let's call this off and, and we don't need anyone else to die. Um, as he's having that conversation, the crowd starts to gather around, uh, the Guido player who got his ear bitten off and who has to shove the electronics into his neck to talk pulls out two Uzis shoots <laughs> shoots the Guido head coach in the head and then begins to spray the entire crowd everyone only Jubei but <laughs> yeah. kills everybody well every, Jubei every does a bunch of flips yes. Jubei does some flips and tricks and stuff to get out of it he doesn't kill everybody but he does kill the umpire suddenly has two small boys <laughs> He killed them both, and the umpire goes, I told you not to come. I told you not to come. He's holding two dead children, crying (laughs) to the sky about his two boys. He told them not to come. So, like, people are dead everywhere, screaming and crying. And um, is that when Jubei starts to cry himself? So, Jubei is looking around at the carnage, and a tear, he sheds a tear starts to come down his his eye uh and cherry blossoms start falling all around <laughs> again it's out of it's, absolutely nowhere um and everyone on the field starts to return to life including the head coach who got shot in the head only moments ago the children he, come back he peels off a blood sticker from his head like it was like yes. the the gunshot that was on his head, he just like reaches up and like pulls it off. And he's, he's, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like, he's wiping the blood off his head, but it, it basically yeah. just looks like he's peeling off like a blood decal and, and everyone's back alive. Jubei's tears yeah, brought that brought everyone back to life. And he like conservatively, like 50 people died and they all just came yeah. right back. Um, so out, he's looking around, everybody's starting to come back together and get back to life. And Jubei, obviously unhappy, uh, attacks the bandage bad guy. Um, and how would you describe what Jubei does to Kicks, this, uh, knocks his skeleton out of himself? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yes. another one of those, it's another one of those quick cuts, like, uh, Boncho getting his clothes knocked off or, or Jubei being knocked into a grave. It, it all happens in like 
four really quick frame cuts. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to tell exactly what happened. Yeah. But at one point, the dude's full skeleton was exposed. And then, oh, and then he uppercuts him into space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he team rocket, you know, blasting off again. Yes. He, he, he boots the skeleton into space. Um, and that Guido high is, they're not going to do it anymore. Um, battlefield baseball is over. Um, and there's another big round of applause and all all uh, the dead people are now alive and clapping. They're all good. Everyone's clapping. And then we get a slow pan. There'd been a narrator (laughs) through a lot of this whole thing. Yes. Um, and then we get a slow pan over and the narrator saying there's only there there was one person who did not survive this uh the the events of today and that yeah. was my master who died of alcoholism and it's the old <laughs> man who had been at every game and uh he's dead with the dog and that is where we learn that the narrator of the whole movie was the dog. (laughs) And that was the funniest joke of the movie to me. That was really good. (laughs) Yeah. The dog just kind of sitting there and tilts its head next to a guy who is clearly breathing, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that, but the guy who's dead laying next to an extra large beer bottle. Um, Yeah. And then roll credits, roll credits, the movie. Yeah. The YouTube version also has like a weird ramen story at the end. I don't know if you watched that, but it, I, I don't really know what it was. But um, there's like a short film at the end of this that's like six minutes oh, long. That's like I did not make like it a, to the like ramen a, movie. No, like a weird little ramen thing that has nothing to do with the battlefield baseball. But anyway, incredible film. Um, I, I <laughs> we there was a whole other song that we didn't talk about. I mean, there's there's so much. Oh, stuff that we didn't talk about. Honestly, we went longer on it than I planned to, and we still missed like half the movie. I I could not if the, if any part of that sounded interesting to you, I highly recommend. It goes by super duper quick, super entertaining. Jube is great. You're gonna love him uh, from the second he's on screen. Uh, yeah, I I I am I am pro this movie. Battlefield Baseball Forever. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like. Our lives are different now that we've watched <laughs> yeah, this yeah, movie. Pre, Pre-BB and post-BB. Yeah, PBB and PBB. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I definitely could spend another hour or two or three. I, I think we're going to be talking about this movie for the rest of our lives. But um, for the sake of this show and for the sake of our listeners, we actually had like an agenda for after we got done talking about the movie. But we should have seen this coming. Um we're not going to go back into actual baseball right now. Um, we're actually going to just call it here. We're at like, uh, we're, uh, you know, right around our normal runtime on an episode. So not like there's a lot of big news anyway. So we'll, we'll be back next week with another episode. We'll, we'll touch on some of the broader league news that we yeah. are going to talk about. Uh, and we'll do a, maybe we'll do an extra game or something next week. But I think it's, uh, I think we got to call this now. I don't think I can talk about anything else than uh, other than battlefield baseball for the rest of, at least for the rest of the evening. So um, we want to thank everybody for listening. (laughs) One other note. uh, The only note that I didn't really get to say that I want to hit really quick is that 
about 70% of all the dialogue in this movie is screamed at the highest possible volume, <laughs> yeah. um, which is just adds to the insanity is when the like, head teacher walks into the office and he tells him what's going on, but he is screaming at the top of his lungs as if he is like under torture. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There again, like you said, there's like 50 other things that I'd like to hit on. Um, but yeah, this is a good place to end it. I will a little spoiler alert, uh, updating on the uh, Faz boom, boom, uh draft. Uh, ben is currently winning, um, but there's a lot of players Barely. still out there, so we'll Barely. see what happens. Um, but yeah, um, go watch gonna, Battlefield Baseball. I'm gonna end it on a quote from this movie. Um, no, but my dad told me to throw it ten minutes ago when I was dead. So we will be back next week. Happy New Year's, everybody. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please let us know. And if not, don't tell us because we had a great time doing it. So, uh, And until next week, Happy New Year's. Go Cardinals. Ladies love Gorilla. Mm-hmm. Nate love Gorilla.